What's up, guys? Shane Larson here from the Game Time Guru Podcast, reminding you, if you want to get your built protein bars, you can check the link in the description and go get the link there to get uh, a certain percentage off, and it's my affiliate link. It helps me out, helps you guys out. If you guys are into any kind of fitness stuff and you want some protein bars, go get your built protein bars with the link that's in the description of this podcast. Listen, today's going to be an amazing interview. We're bringing on a guy who's gone through some ups and downs in his life. He's even overcome substance and alcohol abuse in his life. He's got an attitude of gratitude. He preaches that to his athletes all over the place. He's a successful coach and an event director. He's helping the AAU scene. He's he's put together a huge network of coaches, uh, and he's helped a ton of athletes get to the next level, especially in the sport of basketball. You do not want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game time. This is the Game Time Guru podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here once again for another amazing interview as we're going to be learning from our guest here on the show. As you guys know, five and a half years, almost six years we've been doing this show, 111 countries, all 50 states, and it's thanks in large part to everybody out there. You've heard me say this before if, if you've been following my show, but I just want to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in, uh, all the guests that have been on my show, including the one today, which I'll introduce here in just a second. Uh, just thanks to everybody for the support. You know, it started from my kitchen in my old house, uh, and uh, it was just an idea to like, hey, I wanted to get my voice out there, and through consistency and hard work and the support from those around me, it's grown uh, to what it is today, and we're grateful for that. So I appreciate everybody for, you know, tuning in and supporting the show as we make our way to the top of the rankings and continue to get these stories out there for people to hear and learn from our guests. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys. If you guys enjoy this interview make sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to know how the, the, the show gets out to more people, that's exactly how it is. Apple Podcasts is the largest podcast directory in the entire world. And the way that the show gets heard by more people is when I get reviews on the podcast. So if you enjoyed this interview, make sure to go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is always appreciated. Uh, let us know what you thought of it. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to get this out to more and more people as we've already taken it worldwide. We want to continue to grow that. So introducing my guest today, we have the director and founder of West Coast Elite. Now, we're going to get into the, the nitty-gritty of like his career and his, his story and what West Coast Elite is all about. But basically, our guest is a very influential figure in the college sports world. He's helped so many athletes. Um, and you can see his bio, his bio in his uh, website, which I'll actually link here um, in the description of this podcast. But I want to, you know, without introducing too much, I want to kind of leave that for the interview itself. But this guy has such a big influence in the world. He's an author. He's a you know he's a former coach. He's a director of this West Coast Elite program. Uh, we're gonna get to know all of his story and what he's all about. His name is Ryan Silver. Ryan, thanks so much for joining the show, man. No, thank you. Really appreciate it. Really grateful to be on today. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, you know it's it's funny, Ryan. I got to give a shout out to Colin Grove. Colin is the club director at Idaho Premier, which is the club I actually coach for. Colin's a good friend of mine. He's the one who was like, "Hey, you got to check this guy out. Let's see if we can get this podcast launch." I got to shout out Colin Grove. Uh, Colin's just a good guy, and he knew he knew the audience that I have, and he knew that you would be a perfect guest. So I got to shout him out. But 
you know, going in the, like being a club basketball coach myself and being able to help the, you know, the young athletes, I've coached the 16 and 17 year old squads at Idaho premier. I've gotten to kind of see what the, the club basketball scene is kind of like, um, and you have experience in both, you know, coaching at the high school level, coaching the club. Well, you know, you understand the the differences between them all, obviously, because of West Coast Elite. But um, you're going to be a huge help to those listening. That's all I got to say. So, Ryan, let's rewind the clock real quick. Before West Coast Elite, let's talk about sports in general. Uh, when did you become infatuated with sports? Were you an athlete yourself before you were a coach? Like, let's talk about, you know, what what your background was like in the athletic realm. Yeah, no, I also want to give Colin Grove a shout out. He does a fantastic job in Idaho and really cares about the kids and players and families and really excited to continue to grow with him in Idaho. So I grew up in Malibu, went to Malibu High School. Malibu High School has never had a Division One basketball player in the history of the school. It's kind of a funny story. I, I thought when I was at Malibu High School, I was an NBA player for no apparent reason, just other than thought I could play in the NBA. We played a guy named Paul Pierce my freshman year of high school. We lost by 98 points. And I realized at that point that no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I did, I was not going to be an NBA player. But yeah, played basketball growing up, played football, played baseball, played various sports. Man, okay, 98 points. I just wrote that down. Uh, Paul Pierce, for those who don't know, you know, there's a lot of younger kids and it's wild, right? Cause I, I coach these kids that are like 16, 17 years old. I'll reference some players and they don't even know who I'm talking about. And it's wild. Paul Pierce is one of those because by the time they started paying attention to basketball, he was at the tail end of his career. Uh, do you mind like just giving a little insight? What was it like to play Paul Pierce when he was on the up and up? Like he was a dog back in the day. Yeah, no, I mean, Inglewood high school, incredible high school career, college career, obviously a very long NBA career, but you know, NBA all-star just, incredible career and for to see him in high school and to see how talented he was just completely reshaped my mind that's wild that is so wild malibu um this is something the kids might not understand but maybe the parents will malibu's most wanted it was a show that came out when i was in high school and that's all i remember when i see malibu it's just kind of funny because that's uh that's 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 interesting i just love malibu's most wanted it's one of my favorite shows <laughs> my favorite movies when i was a young kid just kind of a, a corny comedy but that's that's cool so you got to have an experience with various sports you were a multi-sport athlete um knowing that now i'd like to follow up with a question <clears throat> what did you learn being a multi-sport athlete as far as like the the skill sets that you could transition from one sport to another and on top of that do you encourage kids these days to be multi-sport athletes or should they start focusing on one at some point yeah, it's a great question. I would 1000% encourage kids to play as many sports as possible. You know, 99.999% of these kids are not going to go on to play in the NBA. So for us, it's really teaching these kids to use whatever sport it is or the game of basketball as a tool in life to get yourself into a great school academically and set yourself up for the rest of your life. We call it the 40 year plan, but kind of planning out the next 40 years of your life. 40 year plan. I read up on that uh, on your bio as well. Um, that is interesting. And I'm going to reemphasize what Ryan just said for those who are listening. If you have played uh, basketball, whether it be for me or for anybody else, if if you're a, an athlete in any shape or form, just keep that in mind. Um, if you're interested in playing other sports, no, to, in today's world, there's a lot of pressure because of club sports. So I guess 
I, I want to ask you that because some kids are like, well, I'm playing club basketball and that's all the whole spring. So I can't really do track or any of those, those spring sports or they're doing club soccer um, or something of that nature, right? Volleyball is even into that, especially on the female side of things. Club volleyball can take you a year round pretty much if you're doing club on top of your high school. So for those who are interested in playing the club sports, like what would you say to them in regards to that? Like, do you, do you think you need to play club to be able to stay up? with with you know if you want to get recruited in the college level at least or you know what would you say to those kids who are looking at that you know route of sports yeah i would say by their sophomore junior year of high school they should kind of if they're very serious about a specific sport they should focus on that sport but all the way up to their sophomore junior year i would encourage them to play as many sports as possible and then at some point you know you have to kind of decide what your path is and if your path is basketball then I would strongly encourage the kids to play the club sport. There's so many great clubs out there and so much opportunity, obviously for college coaches and recruiting, if they can go to an Under Armour event and there's, you know, three, four or 500 kids that they're recruiting, or they can go to the various shoe company events and see the different kids, or they can come to one of our West Coast elite events and see, you know, thousands of kids that are recruitable. It gives those kids an advantage. Totally. I love that. I love that insight. So what I'm doing right now, just so everybody knows, if you can't, like if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, I'm taking notes. I have a pen and a paper. I take notes when my, my guests are speaking. I encourage everybody to do the same thing. You know, you don't have to have a pen and paper, but if you have your phone on you and you're listening to this on your mobile device, pull out your notepad, take some notes. Uh, that's that's the reason I do these interviews is because there's some golden nuggets here that you can learn. Ryan's just dropping them already. We're like 10 minutes into this interview. So take some, take some notes. If you're a parent, share these with your, with your young athletes, your kids and such. Um, just keep it for yourself too. It's good knowledge to have. Um, talking about the, the, the playing days of athletics, you know, Ryan, I always say the best players don't always make the best coaches. Uh, that's just kind of how it's always been. It's just like the best employees don't always make the best managers. It's a different skill set to coach than it is to play. Um, I mean, sometimes you got great players that make great coaches. It's not all this, always that way that I just said, but I would like to ask you this. Now that you, you, you've had the coaching experience as well. I mean, you were at Sierra Canyon um, and you've done big things in California for basketball uh, at the high school level. You did some big stuff like you. You had a lot of success and we'll get into that. But what I guess would you say is the biggest transition from playing to coaching? Yeah, no, I think that. For me, it was just about trying to help kids and trying to help others. And, you know, I've shared with you my story, but kind of learned throughout my life that the more that I help other people, the happier that I am. And coaching is completely different than playing. Obviously, I, I was not a very good player. It was probably like a Division three basketball player, which is amazing because there's so many great Division three schools out there that offer life-changing opportunities, but two completely different journeys. You know, I want to get into your, you know, you're, you're talking about helping others and how that's, that's helped you and your story. This is the part of Ryan's story that I think is super impactful because Ryan, you, you yourself, you've overcome some obstacles. And I always talk about like how sports, like literally this year, club basketball, rewind the clock. We played in our last tournament. It was in Salt Lake city. Uh, the team I coached, like we had an, a very, you know, difficult season. We had some, some big ups, but a lot of downs, if you want to call them that way. And, you know, I was trying to talk to the kids after the, the last game. Uh, we had lost. We shouldn't have lost. We should have won three games that tournament. We lost three. We went one and three instead of three and one. And it was just one of those tournaments, the very last one of the season. And it's kind of bittersweet as you're ending it. 
And I told him, you know, I'm like, listen, sports will teach you a lot about life. You're going to go through ups and downs. It's peaks and valleys. Like it sounds cliche, but it's true. Like I'm like, you guys are in a the low point right now as far as we lost three games we should have probably won this tournament. And I was talking to him, Ryan. I was like, listen, life is like this. It's like a heartbeat. It's up and down. But, you know, it's if you can find the positive in that, it's better than having a flat line because in medical terminology of flat lines, it's not good. You want it to go up and down. You need it to beat a little bit. But sometimes people have a hard time getting out of those those those, those valleys, right? They have a hard time getting up again uh, in the peaks. And so sports can teach you a lot of those. In your life, you've gone through peaks and valleys and you've had some really difficult lows. And I, I kind of want to have you elaborate on that, if you will. Like talk about some of the experiences that you've had in your life battling substance abuse and kind of how that's kind of taken you, the, the mental state you were in and, and how maybe you were able to overcome that. And I guess, because that's a big part of your story in regards to what you're doing now and how you're helping people now it, it, you, you take a lot of those principles that you've learned. So I want to give you the opportunity to kind of share that with us. Yeah, no, thank you. So I was at UCLA graduated from Alba high school, went to UCLA and had a very, very serious drinking and drug problem and just very insecure and not sure of myself and <clears throat> really struggled with, with that. And, you know, tomorrow I come up, I celebrate 10 years of sobriety so I haven't had a drink in, in 10 years, also recovering drug addict, haven't done a drug in 18 years. So very, very active in Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a big part of my life. Sponsor like 30 plus people in, in AA, you know, go to meetings regularly. My sponsor, Brian Friedman, has, has absolutely changed my life. So a lot of the lessons of gratitude and helping others and giving to others are lessons that I've learned through working the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and it's changed my life forever. That's so cool, man. And, you know, drug addiction and, and you know, alcohol addiction can, it, it can spiral out of control. So I guess I would ask you this. I've, I've talked to a couple of guys on my show. You might know the names, Lee Steinberg, uh, sports agent, Jerry Maguire. He was, uh, <laughs> he was on my show. Uh, awesome. Awesome dude. Love talking to Lee. I also spoke with Max Hall. He was a former quarterback in the NFL, played for BYU as well, but he was well known for his his substance abuse problems. And it was interesting to hear their stories because they weren't, it wasn't like they ever expected to to get into that low. So I guess if you could give some advice to maybe some of these younger students, these younger athletes, these younger, younger kids that might be going off to college. Um, I guess, Ryan, did you ever dabble into those things prior to college or was that something that you were you just found yourself kind of getting into with the wrong crowd is there a reason that you got to the point where you wanted to experience with those things because i guess maybe people don't realize like these athletes have a lot going for them and i want to make sure those kids realize like even if you don't even have any experience and you say oh well i i'm not i don't have an addictive personality well sometimes it can snag you even if you didn't even think that and then all of a sudden you find yourself down this rabbit hole of you know darkness so do you mind kind of elaborating on that and like if you had any issues prior to, to becoming, you know, addicted to those substances? Yeah, no, I mean, Malibu High School, student body president, great, great high school experience, you know, no, no, nothing in high school, just very focused, and then got to UCLA, and, you know, was very, 19 years old, and just unsure of myself, so I am a very addictive, I'm addicted to food, I'm addicted to drugs, I'm addicted to alcohol, that's just part of who I am, but this whole basketball world is kind of like a roaring river. It just takes you in so many different directions and you just have to adjust. So I think that for me, you know, did I expect to have the lows that I had? No, I didn't. And it sounds crazy, but in a lot of ways, I'm grateful for my experience because 
without Alcoholics Anonymous and without being able to work and help others, I would not be where I'm at today. You've mentioned gratitude a couple of times, just circled that on my, my paper. You talk about attitude, gratitude, that's a big piece of it all. Um, you, you know, obviously going through AA and, and, and being very involved with that. That's, first off, I, I told you over the phone, but I'll say it here. Congratulations on sobriety, too. You said 10 years tomorrow. At the time of this recording, it's uh, September 7th. So September 8th, uh, 10 years. Congratulations. Uh, that's awesome. I, I find Thank it so you. inspiring. Yeah, that's so cool, man. I I personally have never um, – I've never uh, dealt with addictive uh, – with, with substances, but I have an addictive personality, and I know a lot of people who have struggled with it themselves. And so it's cool to see when I talk to someone who's actually been able to over – overcome that. Like you said, addicted to food. That's a real thing. I have that problem, but I've never dabbled into substances, but I do have friends uh, that, that have had those problems and hearing you even just say that is super inspiring. So 10 years, man, that's, that's wild because that's not easy. That is not easy. That takes some self-discipline and the help of others and everything and being able to like lean on others for help too. I think it's just so cool. Gratitude. Why does gratitude play such a big role? Like, how does that even help you in your sports world? Now we're going to go like, it helps you in your personal life, but how does gratitude actually help athletes, help you, help coaches? Like, how does gratitude even play in, into that uh, to help people in their performance? Yeah, so the food thing too. So when the pandemic started, when COVID started, you know, I, I weighed 208 pounds. You know, I've lost 50 pounds, 50. Oh, so Sold, sold West Coast Sleep Basketball to three-step sports. You know, Dave Geeson and Greg Kristoff, amazing people. What they've done with three-step sports is just unbelievable. They've built the largest grassroots sports ecosystem in America. Two incredible guys, Kristoff and Dave Geeson and Sue Murphy, the president there. But I weighed 208 pounds, and everything in California had come to a stop, a complete stop. No basketball, no practice, no events nothing. So it was like the first time in my life ever that I had nothing going on, nothing. So I just started walking. So I started walking from my house in El Segundo to Manhattan Beach. And then I started walking from El Segundo to Hermosa Beach. And then from El Segundo to Redondo Beach. So pretty soon I was doing about 12,000 steps a day, 15,000 steps a day, and then 20,000 steps a day. And then at that moment, I'm like, I'm going to do 20,000 steps a day, no matter what. And since March 10th of 2020, I've done 20,000 steps every single day, no matter what, seven days a week. But gratitude is everything for me. My life is about living a life of, of gratitude and appreciation. You know, when I grew up in Malibu, I was very spoiled. I was very entitled. And I didn't understand how important gratitude was. And it's through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that it taught me to get outside of myself and think about others and help others and be grateful for others and be appreciative of others. And it really changed my life. That's so cool, man. Like, it's cool hearing that. Plus, twenty thousand steps a day. We can we just like take seconds. That's not easy, man. That's 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 ten miles a day, and uh, that's that's wild. It's funny you say that. I I too went through my own little physical journey. I was two sixty. Uh, I I said about six two two twenty is a good weight for me. I was at two hundred sixty pounds. I ate a full pizza right in the pandemic. You know, March. It was March nineteenth was my date. But like, I went during lunch. I worked from home. Going to my office or going to my kitchen. Ate a full like freezer pizza. Just ate the whole thing. 
went back to my office. I said, dude, what are you doing, man? You're 260 pounds. You just ate a whole entire, like, I was like, this is not. So I started running. That was the first time in my entire life, even as an athlete. And so I hated running. So I started doing long distance running. So it's interesting to hear your story. I didn't do 20,000 steps. That's for sure. I mean, I did run a half marathon, but like not every day. I wasn't running a half marathon every day, but it's cool to see kind of like how you're, you were like, you know what? I'm going to go for a walk and you're going to walk 20,000 steps a day. That's super cool. I can relate to that in, in a little bit of a, you know, just a, a tiny capacity. Um, and gratitude as you're talking, it's so interesting. I think, uh, it's just, if you have a perspective of other people, instead of always putting yourself first, that helps in sports too. Like just having that mindset. I know a lot of people come from different backgrounds and that's what I love about sports as a coach, because I get to meet so many different kids from different backgrounds and some are very selfish. They play basketball that way and they treat them their, themselves that way outside of basketball. But the ones that I feel Ryan that do the best that have at least, you know, they might not be the most talented, but that they see the most success in their growth and so forth are those who are unselfish that are grateful for their teammates. They see things in a different perspective because they're like, Hey, I'm on a basketball court. I shouldn't even be allowed to be out here. Cause you know, mom and dad didn't have a ton of money, but we've, we've earned that money to be able to have me out here. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my parents sacrifice to pay for me to play ball. I'm grateful for this. And you can kind of tell, like it plays a huge role in their lives. Uh, so I'm just glad you kind of elaborated on that. I think people kind of overlook that concept. They're like, ah, gratitude. Cool. Let's just be grateful for stuff. But no, like it actually really helps you in your perspective and things and your performance in life. So I want to ask you what your favorite memory was as a coach. You know, you coached at Sierra Canyon. You've got some, I mean, you, you're successful as a coach. I want to know if you have a specific memory as a coach that you would be uh, able to elaborate on today. Oh, yeah, I think at, in 2011, we won a CIF championship at Sierra Canyon. That was the school's first CIF championship. So that definitely is, is one of my favorite memories as a coach. And we won, West Coast Elite won the Fab 48. is an AAU basketball tournament in Las Vegas, 2016, I believe. And <clears throat> that was just a huge moment for us. We, we went 9-0 and in the Fab 48 and great group of kids. And several of those guys have gone on to play in the NBA. And it was just a great run for us. It was a great year. And th those are some of But there's so many memories. I mean, seeing these kids go on to play at Harvard and Princeton and Penn and Arizona, and I just the, those memories of remembering those kids and then seeing them progress in their lives it is invaluable. That's so cool, man. And just for reference, Sierra Canyon, that's where, you know, the, if people are like, I know that name, it's because LeBron James uh, was known. He had his kids over there, like they're over there, like Sierra Canyon is kind of where they're at and they're going to school. So it's obviously a well-respected school. Talk to us about what Sierra Canyon's gym is like, though. I think what's funny, Ryan, I know this is a weird question, but I, you would think of uh, this school as this massive gym, kind of like those Texas high school football stadiums are massive. But when I saw Sierra Canyon's gym, I'm like, oh, it's kind of small over there because it's a smaller school, right? So, like, talk to us about the gym and the atmosphere over there, just so people kind of have an understanding. Like, you think, oh, LeBron, because when LeBron was playing, they used to have to go to Akron, like to use the college stadium for him to play high school ball because they were packing out the stands too much. And they'd have his games on pay-per-view uh, locally over there so people could watch them back then. And there was no NFHS network at the time. So what's funny is like just kind of hearing that, I, I just want you to talk about the atmosphere at Sierra Canyon and why that's kind of a cool thing that you guys brought their, their state championship in 2011. Yeah, no, when I was there, actually, we didn't have a gym. We, were, we, we practiced at Powerhouse Gym in Chatsworth. Wow. We played at the church. So... We were building the gym when I was the coach there and Jim Scrumbus and Steve Burnett have done an unbelievable job building Sierra Canyon from nothing. I mean, it's 
school, the high schools, I think it's only been around for 10 years or a little over 10 years, but they've done an amazing gym. But the new gym, I think only fits like five, six, 700 people. It's a much smaller gym. Much smaller gym. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's a very intimate setting is the way I would put it. Uh, from what I saw anyway, I thought it was, I, I like to check that stuff out, kind of see what those things are like. I'm like, Oh wow. For a, a program that has like some big dogs in there, you know, like uh, the top dogs, like, you know, you're not going to get a lot of people packing in that gym. That's all I got to say. It's, it's smaller than a lot of high school gyms, but it's kind of cool. I think that's actually really cool. And to see the progress of it, there you go. There's a perspective for you. The gratitude right there. If, if anyone's like, well, that's a small gym. Well, when Ryan's sitting there coaching, they're they're practicing at a different facility, playing at a church. So there's some some perspective to be grateful for the progress that has been made in that last you know decade or a little bit over. Um, West Coast Elite, you mentioned the Fab 48. Let's talk about West Coast Elite. Now this is where I want to kind of really dive into this. When did you decide that you kind of wanted to like dive into the AAU scene and be a, a heavy part in that? I guess a big role in that. And what? How did West Coast Elite even? come to be was it a thought did you have a business partner were you guys talking about like how did you even like think about this so that you could take this thing to the next level yeah so i work for these two guys the pump brothers dana and david pump who are two titans in grassroots basketball you know i was with them for five years learned so much from dana pump and david pump just two amazing guys who've done a lot for the game and then in 2012 you know i was like i'm ready to kind of move on and do my own thing and decided to start doing events and decided to start doing my own teams and just continues to grow and grow and grow and grow. And it's been an incredible journey. Incredible. So cool, man. So I want to talk about those events. What kind of events does West Coast Elite put on so that people have an understanding? Because I'm going to put the links here in the description of everything so that people can see this. But I want you to talk about those events. What, what are they like? What are you doing with these events? Is it is it just a tournament? And if it is just a tournament, what kind of players are there? Do college coaches come and see it? Because like that's what you're well known for. Like you're getting some exposure for these athletes. Yeah, no. So we're in 14 states throughout the Western United States. We have a tournament almost every single weekend or a camp, and I think we've had over close to over 80 NBA players in our 10 years of existence. You know, DeAndre Ayton, Lonzo Ball, Mello Ball. Chad Holmgren, Jalen Suggs. We've had all kinds of NBA guys come through our events over the last 10 years. And we're pretty much known as the top event operator on the West Coast and try to help kids and families with Division One, Division Two, Division Three, just give them better opportunities. You know, it's, dude, I wish everybody could, like, I hope everybody can now go look at what you guys have done and see if they can take part in it. You know, um, I don't think players realize, see, we're from Idaho, right? And, and so the club AAU scene is a little bit different here. We're, we're trying to, we're, it's growing. We have a lot of clubs now. It's like a big, big, big deal. But people don't realize like the places like West Coast Elite, the stuff that you're doing, how important that is for kids. You know, like, yeah, you name some of those top dogs that are in the NBA, but like there's a lot of experience, uh, a lot of opportunities for kids to see college coaches that they may not have seen before. Uh, they might not have had these opportunities, even at the junior college level or the NAIA, D3, whatever it may be, um, because not everyone's going to go NBA. Like you said, like it's very slim chances that you're going to make the NBA, right? But having these events across allows for it, it's just so it's, it's amazing because it allows for these kids to have opportunities they might not have otherwise had. And it's cool that you've built that to 14 different states. It's cool that you have these 
you have that pedigree though. Like you have the resume, like you can mention the balls, you can mention DeAndre Ayton, you can mention these people that have come through and now they're in the NBA. But what goes unheard, I think sometimes is like those junior college offers, you know, so maybe a kid got an offer to go play junior college. He was a kid from Idaho who's shooting threes. He's a sniper, but they're not going to look at this white kid from Idaho. Who's like six foot one, uh, unless they see him at a camp. You know, I, it, it's awesome what you guys are doing. Uh, to my understanding, you guys are coming to Idaho. Is that correct? We are coming to Idaho. Very, very excited. I just want to address that. Yeah, the great thing about West Coast Elite, we're, we're catered towards everyone. Division one, Division two, II, Division three, NAIA, junior college. I think that's one really thing that I'm proud of with our business and our company is that we've helped kids, boys and girls at all different levels. And the reality for most players is most kids are not division one players. That's just the reality. There's only 380 division one scholarships a year, or whatever the number is. So most kids are division two, II, division three players. And I think the great thing with us is that we celebrate these kids that are D2, D3, NAIA. It's, it's a huge celebration that we're sending kids to all different levels. 100%. I think kids need to like, this comes down to gratitude again. Like, I've seen it. It's getting a little better, but there's kids in Idaho, especially that are like, oh, I'm going to a junior college or an NAIA. This is, it's so stupid. And they'll get like, they're down on themselves because they didn't make it to the biggest level. And I'm like, dude, you should be grateful. You're from Idaho and you had an opportunity to be seen, which is extremely difficult. The coaches aren't going to Idaho to watch your games. I'm sorry. Even though we've got hidden gyms all over the place, it's just the you have to go to the right places. You got to go to these camps like West Coast Elite. You got to be at the right places. And sometimes you don't get that opportunity but when if you do, like if, if you go to an nai school you've hit a home run grand slam you're getting education you're preparing yourself for life after basketball it's, it's an amazing opportunity yeah see i love that we're gonna i'm gonna circle that gratitude again man let's just just be grateful for the opportunities that come about um we're looking forward to it here in idaho we're excited for that idaho premiere so again colin grove jessica uh they, they run Idaho premiere they've been working with you guys and so we're excited to see the camp that comes here. It's going to be the, uh, the beginning of October. So just from the time this episode launches, it'll be like a week or two um, after this episode actually launches. So um, check that out, guys. Uh, you guys can, if you live in the Treasure Valley area and you haven't already registered, uh, you're missing out. You should be registered already for it. But um, you've probably seen it come out. If you haven't, go check out Idaho Premier's page. Check out West Coast Elite. Go get registered for that. It's going to be super cool. But, you know, Ryan, in your experience, you know, talking with different coaches, running these different camps, I guess what advice would you give to – young basketball players who are looking to make it to the next level. If you could give them some advice as far as what they're going to need to do in regards to whether it be exposure or skill set, like knowing what you know, as a former player, a coach, now you're running this, you know, the, the you're the director of West coast elite. What do you see that the, you got all these college coaches talking, you know, all these people, you know what they're looking for. So what should these kids be like? If you can mention maybe two, two main things of advice that you give to these young athletes. Number one is just continue to work and get better. You know, for me, I want to get better every day in whatever it is, but keep working, keep working, keep getting better. Every three months, develop a new skill set. you know, become a better ball handler, become work on your left hand, your right hand, work on becoming a better defender, getting lower on defense. So continue to work and develop. And then the second thing is a lot of these kids, I would say work on your body, you know, get in the gym, get in the weight room, get out on the track and really transform your body so that you're operating at peak performance. Because 
when you get to the division one level, the, the level of athleticism and strength is, is off the charts. So the more that you're prepared physically, that will help you prepare division one, division two, division three. Oh, that's such good advice. Um, I'm going to just, I love that. Reiterate this. If you guys rewind that little spot right there, if you guys are listening to this, continue to work and get better every three months, develop a new skill set. And then number two, work on your body. I think if, if you guys, if, if, if the parents or coaches or anything, sometimes we forget this because it's not recent. Rewind the clock national championship just two years ago. Baylor kind of showed what the weight room can do uh, <laughs> for a team uh, when they came in there and just basically manhandled the, the every game for that matter. But the national championship game, they manhandled everybody. They got to the boards. They got rebounds off. The, I mean, they got second chance opportunities because of it. I mean, they were physical. And one of the things I've always like, and if I talk to professional athletes, they always talk about that. Their transition from high school to college was almost more so than college to the professional level because of that physicality. They weren't used to the weight room. They weren't used to those routines. As they got older, their bodies developed. So college, they developed that routine. So even that college to professional transition wasn't as hard as that uh, high school to college. And yeah, so if, you, want, if, you, okay. if you look at like programs in the West, if you look at Randy Bennett at St. Mary's or Mark Few at Gonzaga, those two guys – the reason they've had, I think San Diego State, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga are the three winningest programs in the West the last 10 years. And if you look at Dutcher at San Diego State, if you look at Randy Bennett at St. Mary's, if you look at Mark View, those guys work, 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 work. Those guys develop, develop, develop. And if you look at their players year in and year out, they're continuing to develop and become completely different. The, the transformation, one of our kids – Aiden Mahaney's a freshman at St. Mary's this year. You know, we've had Malik Fitz played for us at St. Mary's now in the Boston Celtics. But the transformation of Malik Fitz's body at St. Mary's lost 40 pounds, completely transformed his body, and went from St. Mary's to the NBA and is in the NBA now. That is so awesome. Thank you for emphasizing that. Uh, I'll shout out a guy that I've had on my show, Keyshawn Liggins. He's a, an, he's a, He's a, a trainer here in the Treasure Valley, but he played, you know, division, you know, he played division, uh, division one basketball. He went over to division two. He was an all American there. He made it on the, I believe it was Grand Rapids, uh, G league squad for a little bit. He got drafted there. Uh, but now he's back and he's training athletes all over the place. I will say some of the kids that I've seen Keyshawn train at adversity athletes, that's his company had him on my show before just the change in the, and their sophomores, juniors are hitting the weight rooms. I mean, I've got, Chase Tibbetts, who's who's dunking a basketball now. Ty Brummer, who's actually dunking a basketball now. Like all these kids that I've seen over the last like six to eight months, putting time in the weight room. And I know he's not the only trainer. There's tons of trainers out there in the world. You guys take advantage of that. Kids, hit the weight room. If you don't have a trainer, go to the gym. Have a have a partner that can hold you accountable. Get to the gym. Do the right things that are going to translate to the game that you're playing, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, whatever it may be. But I can promise you, it makes a difference because I see those kids that train with him consistently, and the difference in their explosion their stamina for one, just their overall physicality, the way they can get to the rim. Um, it makes a difference and you'll start to see those types of kids separate themselves. And then when they make that transition, you know, they're, it's a little less uh shell shock, if you will, <laughs> when they get to that next level, it's just what you got to do. I'm so glad you emphasize that. Yeah. If you, you know, look at, if you look oh, at ahead. coach Saban, Nick Saban at Alabama is actually a friend of mine. He's, he's one of my mentors and role models in life. If you look at the Alabama strength and conditioning program, Alan Bishop, the strength and conditioning coach at Houston, you know, these guys are, their bodies are on a different level. It's SEC football. They're, they're the things that they're doing with technology and 
it's 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 game changing, life changing, and that's why you see so much success. You mentioned out, dude. Thank you. This is awesome. Ryan's like dropping these knowledge bombs. You know, I, I had a guy on my show named Trevor Moad. He rest in peace. Trevor was an awesome, uh, awesome guy. He he, but he coached with Coach Saban as a mental conditioning coach. But they talked about all the things that Saban does: strength and conditioning, mental conditioning, all these things for their players. That's why they're at a different level. And I will tell you, I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I do love Nick Saban. I think he's a stud. But I'm an Ohio State fan. Just got back from the Notre Dame Ohio State game this week in Columbus. Is there? You see the difference in athletes that are actually like, you know, and it's not Alabama, but I mean, those are some top tier programs too. And you can see the difference in athletes. And then I watched Boise State play that same night on TV. I was catching my uh, alma mater and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's just a difference in athleticism. So hit the weight room, guys. That's basically the, the point we want to drive in there. Do the things that you're supposed to be doing. And that's going to be huge. Um, as we wrap it up, Ryan, I kind of wanted to touch base. You mentioned, so for West Coast Elite, you guys run camps. You do all these different things, but you also mentioned the team that you had that won the Fab 48 in 2016 went nine and zero. So, talk about. So, do you have teams that also play as well as the camp? How how does it differ? Yeah, so we have one of the the top programs in the country sponsored by Under Armour. This is our tenth year. We have currently over a hundred kids playing Division One boys basketball all over the country: Ivy League, Patriot League, ACC, SEC, Pac-12, Mountain West, and then we also have a girls program. Our new girls director, Marcus Forbes, Harvard guy, Harvard graduate is fantastic. And we have, you know, girls playing division one basketball. We have the largest network of coaches in, in college basketball. We have 17 former West Coast League coaches that are now division one assistant coaches at the division one level. Russell White, who coached with us, is the head coach at Cal Lutheran Division Three school. He's fantastic. But we have a very, very large network of coaches coaching that coach in our program. And as I mentioned, over a hundred players currently playing division one basketball on the boys side. Wow. That is insane. That's a very successful program in what you just said was like about a decade. That's wild. Um, congrats on the success there too. It seems like, you know how to build, you know how to be successful. You know, the recipe for success. So I'm going to ask you that as we wrap this one up, you know, to be successful in any, whether it be sports, life, whatever, what's your biggest advice there? Yeah. So number one, just work, work, work is the most, like we work every day, you know, yeah. seven days a week, work, 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 work. And then the second thing is again, coach Saban, you know, another Alabama football, just focus on what you're doing. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing, saying, thinking, stay focused. You know, I've heard stories about coach Saban, you know, on a recruiting visit and there was a, a fight in the bar and he was so focused on this kid that he even noticed what, what else was going on. But in this basketball world with social media, and there's so many different things going on. So just try to stay really focused on what we're doing, our journey and helping others and building and continuing to grow and develop and, and just staying focused. So awesome. I've heard work in there quite a bit. I think that you know, people just got to remember, you've got to work. It's not just going to come to you. And focus is such a huge thing. There's a lot of noise, a lot of noise on the outside. As you just mentioned, social media is a big piece of that too. But like so many pressures and outside noises and such, you just got to find a way to stay focused. If you want to be successful, the ones who really want it will find a way to do that. They'll find a way to do it like you have done. The ones who kind of want it are the ones who are going to start to like get caught up in the noise. You know, Ryan, you, you wrote a book. I mentioned you, you're an author. Talk to us about your book, where we can find it. 
so we have a book on on Amazon 40 year plan and just kind of giving parents advice as they navigate these roaring rivers of, of basketball and some of the things that I've learned and some different tools and suggestions. It's it's a long journey. There's as I mentioned a lot going on. So the the 40 year plan is kind of a tool to help people kind of guide this this journey. I love it. The 40 year plan. We're gonna put the Amazon link here as well. Is there any other like website link for it that would go directly to you and not on Amazon so you get the full kickback instead of the Amazon getting their piece? Yeah, I think it's Ryansilverbook.com. Okay. We're going to put that here in the description. I always like to make sure, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I know how the game works. So if there's a way to get it straight to you, that's kind of the goal. But if, if, if you guys also want to check it, it's on Amazon. We'll make sure you guys can find it. That's kind of everybody's like quick find of anything is Amazon. So that's good. But ryansilverbook.com and you can purchase it there as well. Ryan, I just want to say thank you. I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing what you guys do. And I'm not sure if, you, will you be here in Idaho during that? I, West I West am City? very excited to come see the deer and, Come hang out with you and Colin, and I will be in Idaho. Very All right, excited. let's get it. I'm excited to meet you in person, man, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, West Coast Elite does in the future, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this impacts the listeners. So I just want to say thanks once again for joining the show, man. Thank you, Shane. I really appreciate you and look forward to watching the Ohio State Buckeyes this season. Very, very good team. Let's go. Go Bucks. All right, Ryan. I appreciate you, man. And for all those listening, make sure you guys leave us a review. Let us know what you thought, and uh, we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.